Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio, wherever you can get podcasts. Progressive's Home Court Explorer lets you easily compare our direct rates with multiple companies. Now that we've covered something you could do, it's time for Sports Stuff You Definitely Could Not Do. If you were head coach, you would not have gone for it on fourth down. Your confidence in your play calling ability might be a little overblown, considering you're barely confident in which restaurant to order takeout from, let alone choosing a play in front of 70,000 screaming fans. But you definitely can use Progressive's Home Court Explorer to easily compare rates. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Hello, everyone, and welcome into Stack in the Box. I am Matt Verderam alongside Josh Hill. We are recording this on a Tuesday afternoon. July 2nd, so in a few days, fireworks all over the place. Be careful, be safe, do not lose a finger or two or a hand. It's all right, uh, the, Bucks will, the Bucks will pay you yeah. if you do. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, yeah. They'll trade a third-round pick for you. Yeah, the Bucks will, the Bucks will make sure it's all right. Um, but this is going to be a great episode. We have a lot to talk about. Obviously, it's the NFL offseason. It's a dead period. But there are still some things coming out that are interesting. I have some information on Jadavion Clowney and then his situation in Houston as we approach the franchise dag- deadline that I think is interesting. Um, we're three weeks away from camp opening for most of these teams, which is exciting. Uh, we also are going to talk about the Hall of Fame has announced that not for this upcoming class, but for the 2020 class to celebrate the NFL centennial, they're going to expand the class a one-time only thing from seven enshrinees to 20, which includes 10 senior members. So really, they're going back and they're making sure that they're getting guys in who maybe you know, fell through the cracks, so to speak, uh, over the course of you know, the last 50, 60 years. So that's interesting. Some people feel it's watering down the Hall of Fame. I don't. I think the NFL Hall of Fame, the Pro Football Hall of Fame, is really, really hard to get into. And so there are a lot of guys who are deserving who maybe haven't been able to get in. But we'll talk about that. We'll touch on last a thing I wrote in my column, my power rankings on Monday, which were 10 players who ended up in strange jerseys at the end of their career. We'll hit on a few of those guys just for the fun of it, and then we'll, uh, we'll end it. And that'll be the last you'll hear of me uh, up until training camp. I'll be on vacation, but you will still hear the dulcet tones of Josh Hill, who will be here because he does not take PTO, apparently. Um, Some of us have to work murder him. Yeah, well, some of us are not <laughs> some me. Of us enjoy life too. <laughs> when I get off at two o'clock on Thursday, you will be able to hear the tire screeching from my house all the way to New York, where I will be resting comfortably at my lake house with beer in hand. So, enough about that nonsense. The franchise tag deadline to sign a long-term deal is July fifteenth. Mm-hmm. There are a few players who are currently on the tag, namely Grady Jarrett of the Falcons and Jadavian Clowney of the Houston Texans. Now. Texans are interesting for a few reasons. They fired their general manager and replaced said general manager with Bill O'Brien. Heads up. Uh, and 
the whole thing with Clowney has been oddly contentious. Before I get into my information, what I've learned about uh, the situation, your thoughts just in general on Clowney, on Houston's situation, and where you may want to see it go. I mean, we're biased because in case you don't know, you haven't listened to previous episodes, we are not fans of Bill O'Brien. And I don't think many people are outside of his family and his close circle of friends. But, I mean, if you're thinking about this from a purely football perspective, obviously you want to see Jadavian Clowney stay in Houston because the defense, as we've mentioned before and as we're going to start to see, I think, this season, is going to take start to decline a little bit. I think we're past the point where we can just pencil in the Texans as a playoff team yeah. because the defense is good enough, uh, even if they're healthy. Even if, if Watt is healthy the entire season and everybody is able to play, I don't know if they're as good as they were three, four years ago. They're, they're not. I mean, I guess I can definitively say that. They're not. They're not that good, which is a real crime because they now actually have a quarterback. It's not Matt Schaub back there. It's not TJ Yates back there. It's not Fitchy. It's not uh, Bill O'Brien's favorite quarterback, whom he got an entire offseason to see, Tom Savage. It's or, not. Well, let's not forget Brock Osweiler. Oh, don't forget Brock Osweiler. Although, oh, they don't try to forget Brock this Osweiler. This is actually a good time, though, if I may interject. Uh, you have a great story about Brian Cushing. I do. Um, and, and I think the listeners would enjoy that story. Uh, the Houston Texans were on Hard Knocks, I don't know how many years ago. A couple years ago. Like I believe 2015, the 2015 season. 15 yep. something yep. like that. And I believe there's an episode in which he is attempting to spell Starbucks. Because they're having a conversation about not being able to spell the names on the cups correctly, which is a Starbucks thing. And Brian Cushing is unable to spell Starbucks or you're struggling to spell Starbucks or something like that. So I wrote an article about it. I'm like, oh, hey, Brian Cushing doesn't know how to spell Starbucks. And I didn't think anything of it or whatever. Literally, you probably know Progressive Insurance for insuring your home and auto. You may know Flo and Dr. Rick. But what you may not know is that Progressive helps employees support over 3,800 charitable organizations annually because we're committed to helping our employees and our employees are committed to helping others. Anyway, we just wanted to share. We were a little too proud of it to keep it to ourselves. And if you already knew all of this about us, you've either heard this radio spot before or just randomly know a lot about Progressive. Find out more about how we're dedicated to our customers and communities at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates based on data from May 2020 through April 2021. Three years later, I think it was, or maybe it was last offseason, whenever the last time he wasn't suspended for PEDs and he was trying to get back into the league, he tweeted something and SI retweeted it. I couldn't see his tweet. I'm like, why can't I see his tweet? And I click on his profile Brian Cushing blocked me because I told, I pointed out the fact that he couldn't spell Starbucks. And I'm like, hey, man, like you went to USC. Like, don't get mad at me. Get mad at the education system. Hopefully you can spell that. that, Well, I don't know, man. The three letters, you got to at least spot them. Yeah, he can spell P-E-D pretty well because the NFL sent a lot of letters about that. Um, But yeah, Brian Cushing, not a factor on the defense. Not a factor in a spelling bee either. But Jamin Clowney staying in Houston, I think, is... You want to see that from a football perspective because the Texans are more interesting with him. Personally, and I think you'd agree too, from an outside perspective, I mean, I'd love to see him in Tampa. I'd love to see him in yeah. a different I'd love to see him in a different <laughs> I bet <spot>. you would. <laughs> or, you know, put him in a defense. Could you imagine if Seattle had a chance to go out and get him and right. throw him in that defense? Or if yeah. the Jets somehow found a way to put him with Greg Williams well, he'd have on a that lot defensive of shooters. line? Like, holy cow. Like, or Mike Zimmer in Minnesota, maybe he, that's something yeah. that's able to save him. So. If you take Jadavion Clowney out of Houston, he's going to have a ton of suitors. I don't know. And he knows that, too. So it's also now, if you're Clowney, what do you do? It's not the first time he's bet on himself. Remember, he sat out college and 
or that was it the final year of college that he sat yeah. out? Yep. So it wouldn't be the first time that he's bet on himself. And also, we just saw uh, Le'Veon Bell sit out an entire year sure. to get a contract. So I don't know. I'm not saying that's where this is going to go, but no, I, there, there's the power is not in the hands of the Texans, especially when the head coach is the GM and that person is Bill O'Brien. Yeah, I find it really interesting what's going to happen there. And I've, I've talked to some people within the league, uh, a few different sources on this topic throughout the last few months. And I've written about this a little bit, so if you do read my column, you're aware of most of what I'm going to say. But look, right now, he's on his first franchise tag. So technically, Houston can play hardball and say, well, we're not going to sign you because we can wait and we can tag you again. They do have the cap space. They could do it if they really wanted to. But the reality is most teams don't tag a guy a second time. It just it becomes more expensive. You're paying 120% of the original cap, uh, the original franchise tag number. So it becomes prohibitive, especially if you plan on upgrading elsewhere. And if you look at the Texans, obviously they have some places they'd like to upgrade, the offensive line being one, maybe a receiver uh, opposite of DeAndre Hopkins, uh, certainly in the secondary. But the point is, right now, multiple sources tell me that Clowney would like a contract similar to what we saw DeMarcus Lawrence get, to what we saw Frank Clark get, which was five years, $105 million. Because you're talking $21 million a year in the guaranteed range of about $65 million. The problem for Clowney is going to be that he's never had a double-digit sack season. He's played four years. Last year was his high watermark at nine mm-hmm. and a half. Frank Clark has had a few such seasons and is averaging double-digit sacks per year in the last three seasons. Demarcus Lawrence, two-time Pro Bowler, again, another guy who a couple different times has had that kind of a year, and I believe one year at 16 sacks. So both those guys were in a similar situation to Clowney in the sense that they're both on tags mm-hmm. and their first tag. But Lawrence, it, and I, I wrote this extensively. I talked to his agent, David Cantor. I wrote a piece for Fanside right after the contract happened where he broke down basically a blow by a blow of how it happened. They barely got that contract done. That was a, a very hard contract to get done. Mm-hmm. Clark didn't get done in Seattle. He had to be traded to Kansas yeah. City. Okay, so look, the, the thought within the league is that Clowney is a very good player who's not a great player, who maybe isn't worth 20-plus million dollars a year. Now, if that is the way that the Texans are viewing it, it makes sense that they play this thing out on the tag and go forward. If you're Jadavian Clowney and you want to ensure yourself you're going to get that money, go get 12 sacks this year. Mm -hmm. Because then you're either getting it from Houston – or you're going to hit free agency, and if he hits free agency, the, the bidding war will drive up the price enough that he will certainly get oh, yeah. 100 plus million, 60 plus million guaranteed. But again, the sources that I've spoke to have just indicated that there's an impasse over how much exactly he's worth. He and his agent, Buss Cook, from my understanding, they believe they're worth, hey, we should be getting 100 plus million, and the Texans. Feel like no, you're really good, but we might want to see a little bit more. We want to see you go from nine and a half to, and this is just a number I'm throwing out there, but twelve or fourteen mm-hmm. sacks, and then yeah, sure. Then at that point, you've put yourself into that class. Have you done it yet? There's also the problem of injury history. He's only played one full sixteen game season, mm-hmm. um, 
And lastly, and take this what you will, but there are some thoughts within the league. Uh, is, is he the kind of personality that you want to pay that amount of money? Now, look, I, I've never talked to Jadavion Clowney in my life, so mm-hmm. I want to throw it out to, to me. He's never been in trouble that I'm aware of with, with law enforcement or anything like that. But there are some people within the league that think, yeah, you know what, he's a little bit difficult to deal with. So all those things factoring in, it'll be fascinating to see what happens with Houston and Clowney come July 15th. Because if he doesn't sign then, they can't sign him long-term yeah. until the new league year. And so that creates a whole other host of issues. And if you're Clowney and you play this whole year out, why would you then sign with Houston before you hit free agency? Houston would have to probably tag him again to get the leverage back. And then you're tying up 20-plus million of your cap. And if they don't tag him, he's going to go test free agency. And then Houston's either paying through the nose to outbid everybody else. Mm-hmm. Or he says, you know what? You didn't believe in me then. I'm going to go take the money. So that, to me, is a very interesting thing to watch here in the next couple of weeks. How that plays out with Clowney. If there's movement. If Houston says, you know what? We'll get closer to your price. Or if Clowney says, you know what? I'll move back a little bit for the long-term security. So that's, that's just something to keep an eye on. I also need to amend my Brian Cushing story. I went and looked up the article. It's, he couldn't, it's not that he couldn't spell Starbucks. It's that he doesn't drink Starbucks. And uh, Bill O'Brien asked him to spell opportunity, and he couldn't spell opportunity. To which Bill O'Brien, and probably the highlight of his coaching career in Houston, questioned whether or not USC is higher education and violently disagreed with, <laughs> with his choice <laughs> of schools. Well, so the, the best part about that is that Cushing was a middle linebacker. Like, yeah. he's, he's the brain of your defense. <laughs> Right, that's, that's a little book. Yeah, and uh, by the way, Bill O'Brien's still there after recognizing that the brain of the defense could not spell opportunity. Also, I was apparently a lot meaner three years ago because I said that Brian Cushing was one of the best linebackers in the NFL, but he's on Floyd Mayweather levels of spelling ability. Uh, <laughs> that, was a, that was a tough one. The world was a different place back then. Uh, I stand by it. Anyways, it is what it is. But Brian Cushing, speaking of uh, segues, he's not going to the Hall of Fame, Verderam. No, he is not. A, Not without a e- even with the expanded class, apparently. So, which yeah. I didn't know about until you you brought it up to me. I think that's very fascinating. It seems like, you, like you said at the top, they're expanding it to twenty candidates, yes. to twenty yep. inductees, ten seniors, three contributors, and then uh, the, the five regular players that would normally get in. And I believe it's like two. Uh, to administrators? Uh, I'll, I'll double-check, but go ahead. I'll... Yeah, I mean, which I don't disagree with, because they're doing it 100th anniversary of the NFL. It makes sense to, to do something special with the Hall of Fame for your big rollout of your 100 years. And I don't disagree with it. I actually quite like the idea of what essentially amounts to correction. This is... We've made mistakes along the way. Mistakes have been made since we've been inducting people into uh, Canton. And expanding the class makes a lot of sense because Jim Marshall, Minnesota Viking, great uh, when he's running the right way. Not in the Hall of Fame. I think that this is a nice opportunity to get him in there. Steve Atwater, still not in the Hall of Fame. I don't know if he would qualify. Because the the way that the numbers are rigged here, it seems like we're going to get more... This is more weighted towards it's 100 years. These are the guys who right. have been, you know, we're talking decades past, guys who are either not with us anymore, who are getting towards the end of their life where we have to put these guys in because they're going to get in eventually. Let's put them in with the 100th anniversary. And Jim Marshall is the one that popped out of my head right away because that's been yes. the fact that he's not in the Hall yep. of Fame is it's, it's absolutely insane. 
Elsie Greenwood, not in the Hall of Fame. Yep. So, I mean, first of all, off the top of your head, do you like this idea as an NFL traditionalist? And the other side of that is, who do you want to see get in? Because you were a big uh, Jerry Kramer guy last year. I was. Thankfully. And- the man got in. But. Yeah, while he was alive. Because, by the way, I'll, there's nothing that pisses me off more than the Hall of Fame in any sport. They make these guys wait forever, and then they die like Kenny Stabler, and then they're like, ah, you know what, now he gets in. <laughs> Oops. He's dead. Thanks for that. That's great. Thanks for putting him in now. I mean, it's nice for his family, but it would have been nice if he could have enjoyed it. Um, so just to clarify, so the way this is going to go is a class of 2020. Underdog Fantasy is the fastest-growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO, and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply. 20 is going to be 20 people deep. Ten seniors, three contributors, two coaches, and then also the five modern era candidates as we have every year. Okay. okay. So that's how it's going to break down. I like the idea. I love the history of football. For anyone who knows me, they know that I'm somewhat of a, a pro football. I don't, not, not maybe a historian. That would be a little bit self-aggrandizing. But I, I love you know, learning about everything from 1920 on. I, just, I think it's fascinating. And so there are some players that – I think, have fallen through the cracks because maybe there were some loaded classes and then guys get backlogged, and before you know it, they fall off the ballot altogether. I know, look, as a Chiefs fan, I'm thrilled Johnny Robinson's getting in this year. Yep. Johnny Robinson's one of the greatest safeties of all time. I mean, that's not a biased thing. Go look at his numbers. The guy, I believe, had 57 or 58 interceptions. He led the AFL and the NFL in interceptions. He was an all-pro in both leagues. I mean, Johnny Robinson was a great player, and he almost didn't get in. So... Jerry Kramer, to me, was the ultimate guy. The NFL in 1969, they had their 50th anniversary team. And for whatever reason, I don't know what the reasoning was, but they only had one guard on the team. And Jerry Kramer was the guard, and he wasn't in the Hall of Fame. Like, they literally said Jerry Kramer's the greatest guard for 50 years in the NFL's history. And the guy didn't get in. And I had interviewed his daughter, Alicia, uh, years ago when I worked when I worked at SB Nation. And, and she was someone who had been pushing for years, literally had made her life's work to get her father in the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. And when I spoke to Jerry Kramer uh, for the piece. He was incredibly gracious and you know, it was just, hey, I'd love to get in. If I don't get in, I'm not going to you know, cry about it. But I, sure, I'd love to get in. So I was very happy for him. There are a lot of guys that, yeah, absolutely, deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. And I'm very curious to see those 10 seniors. That's going to make a lot of people's day. Uh, Jack Tatum? Is he on that list? Because it... The trio of Raiders, Plunkett, tough. Tatum, Lester Hayes, like these are guys who... I Lester don't Hayes to me should be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. I, Plunkett, Plunkett's odd, man, because he won two Super Bowls, mm-hmm. and typically if you're a quarterback and you win a couple Super Bowls, you're in. In fact, he might be the only quarterback ever who started in two Super Bowls, won them both, and didn't get in. I know Sims technically has two, but he didn't play in the in 91. Um, Tatum's a hard one for me. He was a really good player. He was also the, probably the biggest cheap shot artist in NFL history. Paralyzed Daryl Stingley. Never yeah. apologized for it. And you could say, well, that shouldn't factor in now. I'm human. It does. Uh, I wouldn't put him in. I would put Lester Hayes in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll tell you, Dark Horse, I don't know where he would qualify. Not a player. I don't know if he would be a senior guy or one of these admins that they're letting in. Uh, Eric Rett? 
No, yeah, <laughs> Eric. Uh, it's time to let Eric Rett into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. <laughs> Open up your doors and your heart to Eric Rett. Uh, Steve Sable. Oh, the Sables. The Sables need to get in. Uh, Ed Sable is in. Yeah, uh, well, Steve Sable's not. Yeah, Steve he needs Sable to be in. Needs, and I think this is going to be. Yes. hundred percent agree. That, I mean, because if you think about the history of football, I mean, I'm I'm a big film guy. You're a big NFL guy, and the fusion between those two things is NFL films. And that's, I mean, I can't speak to you, but I know, I know we've talked about this a number of times, so I'm kind of speaking to you. But a lot of our introduction to football and the mystique of football and the history of football and the romanticization of football is NFL films. They've, I, mean, I remember watching you know, the soundtrack you can listen to in your head, all of the music is associated to it. A lot of the lore of football, yep. a lot of the Al Davis Absolutely. Raiders lore is tied to NFL films. And it is also, unlike baseball, which has a similarly storied history that we like to dig deep in and wax poetic about, I believe you told me this. I think it's like basically every single football game yep. has been filmed since like the AFL-NFL merger. Yep. Like, th- there's, an, there's an archive, an entire history of this sport. And the Sables are responsible for that. The Sables are the voice the vision the history of football then why it matters so much why we can go back in time and i just think that you can't have the hall of fame which is supposed to be this mecca this place where history lives forever it is immortalized and not have the two men there responsible for the entire thing being possible i don't think that the nfl we look back on the nfl the same way that we do now without nfl films Oh, dude, there's no question. Look at the NBA. The NBA is a, it's also a storied history. And what do you have if you go back? You've got Bill I mean, Simmons' book of basketball. Like, yeah. you don't have there's documentation. No yeah. There's very limited footage. No, there's no question. The NFL films, okay, I could, I could nerd out about this for an hour, and I'm not going to do it. But NFL films, I mean, you could talk forever about how they impacted the game. They bought the rights for five thousand dollars to the 19, to film the nineteen sixty two NFL title game, which is the Packers and Giants windswept Yankee Stadium. P. Rizel saw the thirty minute film they ended up putting out on it, thought literally said it was the greatest football film he had ever seen. Contracted at the time they weren't even NFL films. They were Blair Motion Pictures. It was mm-hmm. named after Ed Sable's daughter. Yeah. Um a couple years later they ended up signing a deal where they were the exclusive uh film company of the NFL, got renamed NFL Films, and Ed Sable made the decision. They, they shot the whole preseason. I believe it was 1964. They shot the whole preseason, and they were trying to decide whether or not to go black and white or color, and they shot the whole preseason in black and white. And even though it was more money, Ed Sable decided to shoot it in color. Think about how different the history of the NFL looks if there's no color footage of it. They were the first ones to use sound mics and everything else uh, the mic to wire people up. Hank Stram was the first coach ever wired up during Super Bowl, and that's one of the most iconic uh, mm-hmm. you know, pieces of audio we have. Ed Sable's in. Steve Sable should absolutely be in. There's no question. NFL films change the way we see the NFL, and they still do today. Um, so uh, no, no doubt. That's a great call. Um, one guy I'd like to see get in is Tom Jackson of the Broncos. Ooh, that's a good Tom one. Tom Jackson was a great player. And then you could argue in some ways as somewhat of a contributor. He's on NFL primetime for 20 some odd years, the biggest show the NFL's ever had. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm talking about Jackson as the player. 
Tom Jackson was a phenomenal player. And Broncos fans will talk about him. They'll talk about Steve Atwater, who you mentioned earlier, and he's a, a very deserving candidate. Um, I'd have no problem with him getting in. So it, it's interesting. Look, there's, there's a lot of guys. Every single fan base could point to certain guys. The Bengals could say, well, why is Ken Anderson not in? Oh, yeah. Right? He's always the guy who gets brought up. You point out Jim Marshall for Why is Jim Marshall not I Jim Marshall, I just assumed he was in the Hall of Fame until about 10 years ago, and I looked it up. Mm-hmm. Couldn't believe he's not in the Hall of Fame. Um, you know, I, I'm a Chiefs fan, right? Like Otis Taylor to me. Otis Taylor's numbers don't stack up to today's receivers because the game's totally different. But you talk to anybody who watched football back then, Otis Taylor should be in the Hall of Fame. He's suffering from dementia right now. Like, I'd love to see Otis Taylor get in the Hall of Fame. Oh, to yeah. me, he's a guy who deserved it. Um, but we could, we could sit here and go on and on and on and on. And I'm very curious to see who gets nominated, how it gets pared down, and which 10 guys you end up picking because there really are a lot of great choices. Well, that kind of segues nicely into our last little segment here. Uh, in your column, well, you always do a power rankings, and they're, re- they're always fascinating, the power rankings. They're different topics every single week. And they're not just like, you know, ooh, I'm power ranking something boring. You go in. I go all in. You go all in. <laughs> you get, you yeah. get all in with Matt Verderam. And uh, this past week you went 10 instances of great players in strange jerseys, which is a conversation. I mean, we've had this a, a million different times. Right. Uh, I mean, the, in my lifetime of watching football, the one that stands out the most is Brett Favre with first the Jets. Yep. The Vikings one actually isn't that bad. I feel like it's strange just because of the Packers-Vikings that, rivalry. Yeah, that's why the I'm Jets sure. one is the one that seems to kind of stick out to me. But you ranked the top 10 uh, great players who ended, basically ended their careers in uniforms where you're like, oh, that's weird. Uh, Tim Brown with the Buccaneers was your number 10. Reggie White with the Carolina Panthers. Uh, O.J. Simpson in the 49ers. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, Bruce Smith in the Redskins. Remember that. Yep. And then uh, Brett Favre and the Minnesota Vikings. That is your top 10 through 6. Number 5, Joe Namath and the Los Angeles Rams. Yeah. I mean, he ended up over there for one season, 1977. <laughs> it's amazing. When Namath got drafted in 60, well, prior to the 65 season, it was his first year. And they told him, look, you're going to be able to play for four years. And mm-hmm. he was thrilled. He was thrilled that he was going to be able to play for four years on what were just horrendous knees. He tore his ACL in Alabama, and they, they didn't know back then he tore his ACL, so he just wrapped it and just kept playing yeah. on it. Um, but, yeah, he, just, he was totally washed up. The Rams were sick of watching, like, James Harris and John Hadle, <laughs> and they just said, ah, let's give it a shot. And it did not pan out. Uh, they – they lived, I think Harris ended up taking over. He and Pat Hayden, and they, they made the playoffs, but Namath was just a complete shot. Yeah, so. Broadway Joe goes to Hollywood, didn't really work out the no. way. Did not go to script, as they would say. Number four is Jerry Rice retiring-ish with the Seattle Seahawks. He did have a small stint with the Broncos we talked about, but he didn't end up making the roster. Yep. And then the 49ers signed him to one of those right. weird one-day contracts. So he... He officially retired with the 49ers, but our last actual image of Jerry Rice, one of, if not the greatest wide receiver of all time, was, with, and it wasn't even like the new Nike Seahawks jerseys. Oh, they were those 2000. Those monochrome. Matt Hasselbeck. Ugh. Those things, you know, it looked like they got dipped in blue paint. Those things were awful. <laughs> Absolutely awful. And Jerry Rice is out there, like 40 years old, ambling around. It was just atrocious. He actually, you know, people. He went to the Raiders, and everybody was thinks, well, that was where he went to die. He was actually good with the Raiders. Went to the Super Bowl. He was putting up 1,000-yard years with the Raiders. 
Um, but Seattle was where his career kind of ended. Yeah, I, I just I remember watching a handful of games with him in Seattle and just thinking, like, what what is going on? Just just please retire. You're such a great player. You hate to see the great player just hang on for way too long, yeah. and that was an example. Jerry Rice deserved better than that. Number three. Emmett Smith and the Arizona Cardinals. That was one of the biggest disgraces I've ever Ugh. seen. Yeah, Emmett just, like, you go from <laughs> being on America's team, we win three Super Bowls in four years, you're, the, you know, one of the triplets, you're the all-time NFL rushing leader, you're this iconic player for an iconic brand, you know, the, the hole in the roof, Texas Stadium, all that stuff, and then you went and played in Tempe, in <laughs> Sun Devil Stadium, for this team that is just the epitome of losing and futility and all that. And I believe he played two years there. And it, it just, it ended just horribly. In fact, I'm 99% sure his last game, we talked about this a week or two ago on the podcast, was when they beat the Vikings and knocked him out of the playoffs. Yeah. He was on that team. I'm pretty sure it was the last game they ever played in. So, yeah, that, that was just very strange. Yeah, that was, uh, that's not, as you like to say, not what you're looking for. Uh, number two, this one actually worked out pretty well for you. I hear about this one. Quite often, uh, Joe Montana and the Kansas City Chiefs. I was going to troll the daylights out of everybody and put Joe Montana, San Francisco 49ers. <laughs> um, but obviously... Chiefs great, yeah, Joe Montana. That's right, what claim is wrong. Um, I remember like last year when he was in the AFC Championship, he was at a, in a box at Arrowhead Stadium, and Chief fans were just like, this is the greatest thing ever, we claim as our own now. Obviously, that's not the case. He was, of course, a 49ers great. He won four Super Bowls there, a couple MVPs. Um, Joe Montana was my hero as a kid. I mean, he was the quarterback that I fell in love with. The first year I remember watching football and rooting for a team was 1993. That was the first year I was five years old. That was the first team I remember. Of course, he was with the Chiefs. Um, I have a Joe Montana jersey. I, I have a Chiefs jersey, and I have this big, almost uh, like a ceramic statue of him uh, in a 49ers uniform. So I try to play it equal. Um, but yeah. Let's be real. I mean, I'm a Chiefs fan, so I'm biased, but him in a Chiefs jersey, which makes me regret one thing, a name I did not put on there. And I just, I'll admit it, I totally blanked, is Peyton Manning with the Broncos. Ooh, yeah. Now, he won a Super Bowl with him, but still, like, that was a jarring thing to see. But, yeah, Montana to the Chiefs, I personally loved it. I'm sure a lot of people in the Bay Area, not so much. Yeah, and uh, before we get to number one here, uh, Randy Moss, I want to run down a couple of ones that – Either weren't on the list or kind of across sports here. Randy Moss right. and the Titans was one that I know we discussed. Yeah, that we was, talked about that. That was a weird one. Franco odd. Harris and the Seahawks. I almost put that in. That just missed the cut. Hey, that one. Uh, outside of football, both Willie Mays and Yogi Berra retiring with the Mets. That's a shame. Oh, that is not what you're looking for. Hakeem Olajuwon with the Raptors, the Toronto Raptors. Yeah, that was awful. Ugh, Ewing was, with the Magic yeah. and the Sonics, both things uh, was a disgrace. Yeah, uh, Michael Jordan and the Wizards. Yeah. And I'll end, we'll, we'll jump to the number one here. Uh, before, though, I have to mention Brodeur and the Blues. That's a disgrace. <laughs> what Your happened guy, Mark- there is a disgrace of the highest order. The man belonged as a devil. That was, thank God at least now he's home. Yeah, yeah well. Uh, one guy that never went home, Johnny Unitas. They shipped him out to San Diego with the Chargers. Baltimore Colts, great. Johnny Unitas ending with the Chargers. And that team, you go read about that 73 Chargers team. That team had some, let's just put it this way, had some issues away from the field. <laughs> so Johnny Unitas on that team, at like almost 40 years old, it's impossible to even imagine. You think back that he's on the Colts who are – 
a very traditional team, mm-hmm. Baltimore, just a very, very American pie type of situation, right? And then he goes to San Diego where they're just an abomination of a football team. He, at that point, was washed up and terrible. The whole thing. Progressive presents Forced Metaphors about bundling your home auto and other vehicles. In hockey, it's the goalie's job to protect the net. And in life, your net is your home and auto, but also your boat, motorcycle, RV, or ATV. And your goalie is the round-the-clock protection offered by Progressive Insurance. Well, and also the savings you get when you bundle. So in this metaphor, you have two goalies, which is okay because, you know, it's just a metaphor. Forced Metaphors, presented by Progressive. Bundle and protect today. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discount not available in all states or situations. It's just wildly disappointing. Uh, I hate the end of his career on the Chargers. Just he and Fouts are on the same team. Fouts is the backup. Wow. Yeah. Um, two more. I, I'll give you two more, no, and then no, we no, can no. we can throw out yeah, it was, it was throw disgusting. out this because uh, Harmon Killebrew, Minnesota Twins, great retiring with the Royals. The Royals. Yep. And of course, Bobby Orr, the iconic, you know, Boston Bruins. Yep. You got the picture Black of him Hawks. diving. Chicago Blackhawks. Yeah, uh, it's, it's not like, right. Some of these guys you don't even realize like played on all these teams. It's not right. Gordy Howe and the Whalers. I don't want to get into NHL talk here, but... That's it. Bring back the Whale. <laughs> Bring back... Now, look, Hartford's a, 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 just an interesting city. Let's put it that way, but... What about the, Tony... Here, we'll, we'll end on a football one. Tony Dorsett and the Broncos. The Bron- that almost made the list, too. That was a good one. Yep. He was on Sports Illustrated's cover in that uniform. Ooh. There you go. A little, little trivia for you. But, uh, yeah, I found that list interesting. I always just find it interesting. You, you always picture these guys with the same team their whole career, and then it's like, well, actually, for 10 games, he played on, you know, like the Earl <laughs> Campbell with the Saints. Oh, God. Yep. Yep. Almost almost made the list. Almost made the list. Not quite. Elvis Gerbach, Ravens, another great, and moved on. Yeah. He was One, Once uh, people's sexiest man of the year. It was terrible. Absolutely I think terrible. Jeff Perlman had a story about that. They were looking for Rich Gannon, and the whoever was <laughs> doing were. it thought that he was they Rich were. Gannon. And it's Elvis Gerbach. His legacy is accidentally becoming the NFL's yeah. sexiest man. And I love how like they weren't like at any point in time like this doesn't seem right. Fact they were just like ah hell with it. We got to get out of here. We got we got dinner. Um, so all right. Hopefully you enjoyed that episode of Stack and Box. Got a few things to get to before we go. Number one, we now have swag. Go buy your Stack in the Box swag. Hill and I have a shipment coming in here that's going to take two trucks. Uh, I have a sweatshirt that I love. I wear it around all the time. It is incredibly comfortable. Uh, you can get it in black, gray, or white. Same thing with the T-shirt. You can get a mug, get a small mug, get a big mug. I got the big mug, of course. That's, that's back at the house already. It's drinking out of it this morning. So go get that. Go to uh, swag.fansided.com and search Stack in the Box. You can get all your... Stack in the box. And we have some other stuff too as well there, of course, all different teams and sports. And our good friend and coworker, Mark Carmen, has his podcast on the mark. Mm-hmm. Get stuff there as well. Um, so make sure to check that out. Make sure to check out Fanatics, our great partner. Uh, proud to partner with them. Go to fanatics.fansided.com. Save on shipping by using the code FANSIDED to get 20% off of your order. And, of course, as you know, I say this every week, but they have everything that you could possibly want mm-hmm. uh, from hats and jerseys to any kind of, you know, you, it's golf season. Go get a golf polo. Yeah. Uh, you know, they, they, they will hook you up. They'll take care of you. Uh, the season's right around the corner, so what are you waiting for? Beyond that, that's pretty much it. We've got three weeks till camp. Hill will be back with you next week. I will be uh, off in New York. I won't say where, just in case somebody comes tries to find me. <laughs> Wouldn't be the first time I've had a death threat. Probably won't be the last uh, but I will be in New York enjoying some time with my wife and my daughter and my golf clubs. 
and the lake out in front of me, I look to take advantage of the 16 days off that I have. It's going to be a beautiful thing. And then I will come back charged up and with a lot of opinions. And then we've got training camp. So tranquil Verteram will segue <laughs> into very, very ready to go Verteram. If we segue our company into a brand new office, my first day back, July 22nd, we will be in downtown Chicago uh, instead of on the north side. So looking forward to that. That ought to be great. So, with all that being said, for Josh Hill, I am Matt Verderam, and Hill will talk to you again next week. At Progressive, you can get 24-7 protection, even if you break the space-time continuum. Wait, every time you wake up is the same day? That's terrible. Yeah, don't worry. I call Progressive. Their 24-7 protection still works, even if my day does last forever. Yeah, but don't you want it to end? Are you kidding? I win the lottery whenever I want and never regret anything. It's the best. Yeah, that's a good point. Progressive offers more than a great price when you bundle home and auto. We offer round-the-clock protection, which literally means anytime. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.